invite you to turn to John chapter 6. We're uh, just going to continue in this series here. I've got a plate of donuts up here, though. I'm going to take a bite. So good. Mmm. Fresh. Donut. Mmm. Mmm. Donut. Oh. Oh. So good. For those of you online, it's just amazing. It's amazing. Mm. I'm trying not to smack my lips or anything. There's nothing grosser than that. Don't you hate that? Like, oh. Jesus says something today that's interesting. He says, I am the bread. I'm the bread of life. Man, there's nothing better than a donut. Oh, this is like life, so good. Yeah, and I'll need help with these afterwards. So, so good. Oh, he says, "I am the bread of life. Eat the bread that I give you." He says, "I'm the manna from heaven." I've got, I've got bread for you that you've never tasted. I want you to eat the bread that I have for you. And I've read that growing up, and I've always been like, well, what in the world does that mean? And if you're maybe newer in this journey of trying to understand what it means to follow Jesus, that phrase would be like, I don't even know what that means. Like, what do you mean you're the bread of life and eat the bread I give you? Like, well, it's kind of like eating a donut, but it's different. And John 6, uh, we're going to look at this thing. It's an entire unit, the, the entire chapter. It's like a lot of verses, only over 70. And so we're going to cover a lot today. We've already preached through John the fir- or 6, the first 15 or so verses where Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And it's this crazy moment where 5,000 men, probably more than that, 10, 20,000 people, because children and women were there as well. And it's this amazing moment where he takes five loaves and two fish, and he feeds all these people, and then he has 12 baskets left over. And, and it's saying something when you see the leftover 12 baskets. And, and all the people there, you got to fast forward to understand, or fast back, or do a flashback, to understand the mindset of the people here that were part of the, the Israel nation, these, these Jews, you, oh, you in that moment were thinking, oh my goodness, 1,200 years or 1,400 years earlier, Moses, Israel escapes uh, Egypt, is in the exodus, exiting outright of Egypt, and they run out of food, and then Exodus 16 is this moment where God, it says, opened up heavens and rained down bread, and, and they didn't have a name for it. They called it, what is it? And they said, well, that's, that, it's, it's manna. That's, I guess that's the phrase, what is it is, is, is manna. And, and they're saying, this is 
bread from heaven, and God ended up saying, hey, look, I want you guys to collect this six days a week. On the sixth day, I want you to collect enough for that day and then the next day, which is a Sabbath, so you rest on the Sabbath. And of course, the Israelites tried to hoard and get more and more, and it would spoil, because God, the way he set it up, wanted them to be dependent on him every day. So we wouldn't let them store it up so they could be dependent on themselves. Every day they had to look to God to open up heaven to provide for them. And so Jesus comes along, and they've never seen a, a, a miracle with bread since Moses. And now all of a sudden, what? How many people? 5,000 men, obviously way more people just got fed. And then the, the extra baskets, the 12 baskets, oh, that's Israel. They're all like amped up. And then Jesus, you know, he, he basically gets away, sends the disciples across the sea, and then Jesus catches up to them on that miracle of him walking on the water, and, and they get to the other side of the sea. And the people are left going, well, well wait a minute, where, where, where did Jesus go? And you find out right here on the next day, the crowd that remained on their side of the sea in verse 22 saw that there'd been only one boat there, and Jesus had, hadn't entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. And the, the other boats from Tiberias came to the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they're like, how did you get here? Like, when did you get here? Because we... we what? And they were in a synagogue. It doesn't say that here, but at the end of chapter 6, Jesus is in a synagogue. And they are amped up. They are on the party bus. Let's go find this guy who, like, makes some of the best bread ever. We want to see this again. And they're all excited. You imagine these boats coming, all these people piling off these boats, trying to find Jesus because they want to see another big miracle kind of thing. And they're all worked up. And Jesus, in the middle of that, is so excited, right? He's so excited to see him. He's like, hey, we got the party bus. Let's go, Messiah, kingdom of God. Let's do this thing. And and Jesus just says this, truly, truly, I say to you, you're seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Don't work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give, you, give to you from on, for on him God the Father has set his seal. So they're all excited. They find Jesus. How did you get here? When did you get here? And he's just like, he's just like water, like on a flame. Let's, you know, wet blanket. Like, what a downer. They're all excited. Their smiles are all big. Hey, Jesus. And he's just like, eh, you're not really looking for me. You just want another show. That's all you want. Like, wow. That's how you build a following around here? Like, that, is that what you guys do around here? Like, and he goes on, he says, you, don't work for the food that perishes, meaning look how hard they struggled. Look how hard they tried to figure out where Jesus was and then, you know, get across the sea. Like, this is a big undertaking. He's like, you guys are working for all the wrong stuff. You don't get it. You don't get it. 
Why don't you work for the food that endures to eternal life? And they're like, well, what in the world? What do we got to do? What's the work of God? I mean, I, their smiles, I think, are still up. Like, they're still, like, smiling and still like, well, what's the work of God? Tell us what the work of God is. We're in. And this is the work of God. Believe in him who he sent. And at that point, Jesus just drops this whole, oh, well, that's, that's different. That's not just a small thing he just said. Believe in him who sent, right, or who he sent. And they get it, right? Their, their reaction is simply, whoa, 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 whoa. All of a sudden, it changes from party bus. I think the smiles are fading at this point because they're like, eh. Well, that's a pretty big claim, what you're saying. Like, God sent you, like you're from God. So they say this in response. So what's then... Or then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. See, they, they're, they're thinking bread miracle. They're thinking Exodus. They're like what they just saw over there with the feeding. Of the, they're putting all the math together, right? And they're saying, well, hey, our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread to eat. So it's like this. Jesus is saying he's from God. And they're saying, oh, you're from God? Then you better do something bigger than that, Sparky, if you're going to want us to follow you. You're going to have to give us like a real sign. Because Moses, he came and he, he had that staff and it turned into a snake and then it turned back into a staff. And then he did the, the 10 plagues, you know, all the big ones, like those are some big ones. And then they, they're escaping, right? And he parts the Red Sea. Moses, they're all about Moses parting the Red Sea. And then Moses touches the rock and water comes out and Moses and manna and Moses and like, where's your sign? What's interesting is they're talking to him. Jesus has said, you're working for all this. You're all about the sign. You're all about the wrong things. And these are people who would say they are God's people. I mean, these people would say they're in. And Jesus is like, you're you're not in. You're, you're not doing what the kingdom's about. You you think it's about work. What can I do to get in? And he's like, no, you don't get it. And they're like, what's the work? And he says, believe. Believe? Well, that, that doesn't work. That, that doesn't really fit into the whole plan of how I get into the kingdom as they're thinking, because I, I got to earn it. I got to somehow get in in my way. I got to deserve it right or earn my way, do my works. And he says, no, this is the work. It's believe. And how do you measure that? How does anybody in this room know? You can't measure it. He says, believe. And they're like, well, no, no, we want something more than just this. You, if you're going to start talking this way, right, give us a sign. And, and Jesus says, all right. He says, truly I say to you, it wasn't Moses, so he, he does a clarifying here because they're appealing to Moses kind of thing, and he says, like, look, let's just clear the air on this. It wasn't Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. 
For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. In verse 33 here, when he says the bread of life comes down from heaven who gives life to the world, he's giving the key to how to decode how to understand what he's about to say. So he's using the metaphor of bread, manna, and he's comparing himself or saying then as a metaphor, I, I am the bread, right? He's starting to talk about I, the bread is the one who's been sent down from heaven. You, got, you have to understand that. He uses that as a metaphor to describe himself, and if you don't understand this, you'll miss the rest of chapter six, because it'll be just confusing. So the more we understand bread, the more we'll understand what Christ is saying about himself and how we interact with him. And what happens is people don't understand that. They said to him, well, give us this bread always. And they're still thinking about a work. They're still thinking about a way they can earn it, a way they can claim it like, oh, that is ours because I have done something. They took it literally. They can't get past the bread. They, they're thinking manna. They're thinking this is the second Moses and sign. And Jesus is not, not stepping down or lowering down his teaching. He's just keeping it up here. And he's teaching. He makes a series of statements here that, that no one really fully understands or would understand until after the cross. And he makes this famous statement, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said that to you, said that to you, that you've seen me, yet you do not believe. I am the bread of life. It's one of seven I am statements in the book of John. John is famous. There's four books that talk about Jesus's life. The book of John is famous for having, uh, one of the things is having these statements, these I am. I am the bread of life. I am the good shepherd. I am uh, the gate. I am the way. I mean, there's all these different I am's, and this is the first of them. And he says, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread. So there's two realities going as you think about this. We need food. We need sustenance. And, and he's comparing the physical side of it. So the physical thing is you and I need to eat. We need to have food. So he's saying bread is a symbol of food. I just had a doctor, unnamed, who's a part of our church that says donuts are not nutritious at all after the first service. So, but they are good. They are good. But think of it like bread, we need that. So what happens when we don't eat? Our bodies get weak, we get hangry, right? Um, we, we start to, our, our stomachs, our whole system starts to growl, right? Grumble, like what's going on? And, and we need this to survive. Take that and go over here to this side. It's, it's true in the spiritual realm. And what he's saying actually is, don't work for that stuff. You think that stuff's the best stuff? That's not the stuff you need to work for. It's over here, the spiritual. Because the spiritual side of things is actually more critical and more necessary for us than the physical. Think about that. This is more critical to our survival, the spiritual side of it, 
than the physical. Eating, getting nourishment, feeding our spirit is more critical than the next meal that we have. He keeps saying it over and over again. Why? Because we don't believe it. Right, it's so hard to say. I just say we don't believe it, but I would say human nature, rather, doesn't believe that, if that makes sense. And they, they don't believe it. When you read this, they're not buying it. And so he says these, this powerful statement, I am the bread of life. And here's the, here's the metaphor. Here's how we eat this bread. The word believe happens in verse 29. The, ver- the word believe happens in verse 35. It happens not believe happens in verse 36. Verse 40, believes in. Verse 47, believes, has eternal life. Verse 63, those who don't believe, 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 believe. John wrote at the very end of this letter, he says, this word, this whole thing I'm writing right here, the Spirit's inspired me to write, these words are written that you may believe. He gave us the purpose for why he wrote this, and you're going to see this. I'm just going to keep coming back to it. It is the key theme of the book of John. Believe in the Christ so that you may have life. Believe. You, you want to understand how to, how to eat spiritually? Jesus says it right there. Belief. Believe, believe, believe. So when we believe in Jesus as the bread of life, our souls start, our spirit is fed. We, we get life. Believe, eat, A piece of bread, believe Jesus is the Christ, the same thing. Natural, spiritual. Does that make sense? So believe is the way we eat. And what Jesus says is this. He's like, look, I am the bread of life. I've come down. The manna has come. You guys are looking for the manna. I'm here. I'm right in front of you. Hello. Hello, I'm, I'm here. I am from God. Eat the bread that I have. But they don't believe. And that's, he's anticipating what's about to come. And so that's why he explains what is about to come. He says this, for I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks, to this, looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So he's saying, hey guys, what's going to happen here is the Father is going to give me people who believe, and I'm never going to lose them. I'm going to have them. Nothing. We just sang that song, you know, read Romans 8.28 all the way through the end there where you have Romans 8.39, and nothing shall separate us from the love of God, that powerful passage there in Romans 8. And he's saying it right here, like, look, when the Father gives me anybody, I'm never going to lose them. And it's a powerful statement of the sovereignty of God, because he's looking at this going, it's, it's not, the Father is the one who's drawing people to me, and I lose them. And, and the sovereignty of God here is like, God is on the move, and he gives this grace and ability for us to believe in Jesus. The Bible in other places calls it, 
He predestined. He chose. But there's, there's this powerful moment here where it's the Father whose actions lead and bring people to believe in Jesus. It's a powerful statement of the sovereign plan and power of God. You cannot escape it. You just can't. You can't write this away. And it's very, it can be very disturbing for people. And maybe you wrestle with that. Well, then what? Yeah. You cannot get away from the sovereignty of God and his plan and how he loves people and he is bringing people to Christ who will not lose them. And just as he says that, Jesus says this. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So he has one moment where it's the Father moving the sovereignty of God, and the next moment he has everyone who believes, everyone who looks on the Son and believes. And so you have this moment of free will. Like this person, like, choosing to believe. And I remember at Moody, I, I was a late bloomer, Moody undergrad, four years of Bible school there, and I just, I didn't get all this stuff. I mean, I just didn't. I went there, and those were big words, and I, I just, I was a late bloomer. I don't know how else to say it. I remember being at dinner at, uh, often, and they had, I, I'd have my Fruit Loops um, for dinner, and the students, you know, you'd have the sovereignty of God. Like, there's all denominations just about, they're based on the sovereignty of God, and they're passionate about that. And you have others that are passionate about the free will. And you've got whole denominations about this. I remember sitting at a table, and these guys, gals and guys would start arguing about free will and sovereignty, and I'd just be eating my Fruit Loops going, these Fruit Loops are good. Like, I have no idea why you guys are so angry at each other, but I just love Jesus, and I love Fruit Loops, and... I don't know how to reconcile these two, folks. They're equally true. They don't contradict each other because that would mean only one is true and one is, then the other one's false. They're contrary, meaning I don't know how to reconcile them, but they're both true. And so you hold it. You hold it in tension. And what happens is Jesus is saying, hey, look, this is about to happen. The Father is drawing people to me. I'm not going to lose any bit. Whoever looks to the Son, believes in me, I will never lose. I'll raise up on the last day. And then what happens? The immediate rejection of Jesus starts. The Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, this is Jesus, the son of Joseph, like the father and mother. We, we know, and he's saying he's from heaven. How can he say that? Immediately, rejection starts going, and immediately, Jesus, what, runs after him, tries to get him back. No, Jesus says, no, this is what's actually happening. You may not even understand, but this is what's happening. And he repeats himself. Don't grumble among yourselves. I'm right here. <laughs> like, you don't think I can hear you? Like, I think it's so funny. It's like, why are you all grumbling? No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I'll raise him up on the last day. And then he goes on, he starts talking about the prophets. And he says, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't the prophets say this? Like, and they will all be taught by God? He's quoting Isaiah. And Isaiah has this moment where he, God gives him this prophecy. There's a time coming when I will come. God will come and teach his people. And Jesus is saying, I'm right here. I'm from heaven. This is fulfillment of prophecy. What else do you guys need? 
It's happening. He's saying it's happening. The manna. Me, I'm the manna, right? God is teaching. I'm, I am teaching. Like, he's saying it all. It's happening. It's happening. I'm right here. And they choose not to believe. And so he goes on and he starts to push the metaphor forward and explain it and jump into it in deeper ways. 47, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Believe is eating, right? Eating food, metaphor, eating spiritually means to believe. So whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I'm the living bread for the third time that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give, and and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So he comes back to the metaphor and he says, I'm the living bread. I'm the living bread. Eat the bread that I have, which is believe in me as a son of man. Believe in me as the Messiah and you will live. You'll have eternal life. But don't think about life like, okay, after we die. Life is life now. It's, it's life in his presence. It's, it's life, yes, guaranteed to live forever. But think about God. He is life. He spoke the word and life came into being. So everything that is about life is God. And he says, I will come and I will give you life. So us who are dead in sin, us who are dying, us who are exhausted, us who are whatever, overwhelmed with life, we come to him, we believe in him, and he says, I will give you life. The word is, is zoe, right? Zoology, life. And what all is life? It's everything, right? It's not just breathing physically. It's, it's literally the, the idea of feeling good, fe- being whole, being forgiven, being restored, loved, hope, strength, courage, wh- whatever. Life is all of that. And he says, I am the living bread. Eat the bread that I have. And he goes on and he drops this thing of if if this, if you don't want to know ultimately what this means, he says, the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. And at that point, the people are like, oh, oh, this has gone too far. Look at verse 52. They say, they start arguing among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to each? So now they're, they're stuck in the natural realm and they, they think it's cannibalism. And Jesus, hearing this, just keeps pushing forward because he's not teaching to them. They don't believe. But he's teaching something that those who are hearing will understand and come to believe in a fuller way at the cross. He says, truly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever feeds on my flesh drinks and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. And many of his disciples, all these people who rushed across the lake, they hear this and they're just like, this guy is, this guy is gone off the deep end. They say, this is a hard teaching. Like, come on, be honest. When you're hearing somebody say, eat my blood, you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood, that's like, what? Like, if we're honest, and there's so many people who hear about Christianity and hear this. I've heard this. People go, that, that is just bizarre. If you're stuck in the natural side of this metaphor, yeah. If you understand what he's saying, no. And so what ends up happening is a lot of them walk away. A lot of them just walk away. And Jesus doesn't run after them. He lets them go. Some of the disciples, they stick around. He asks them, you guys going? And, and Peter just says, you know, who are we going to go to? You have the words of eternal life. We've believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So they walk away. Most of these people walk away because he's claiming to be God, and now he's going into some kind of uh, thing where they just, they don't even get it, and it's offensive. But what he says is this, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, like, what is that? Well, you have to stick with the metaphor. Eat is equated to belief. So if you believe my body was broken for you, which means you believe that you were dead, you needed salvation. If you believe my blood was poured out as a sacrifice for you, believe, that means drink. Drink, believe, believe, drink. If you believe my blood, was necessary to be spilled for you to be forgiven, you will get life. And not just life when you made that decision how many years ago, but life every day, every moment, life. And not that we have to, you know, come back and, and, and forgive me because we may not have sinned. We're walking with Christ. We may be a good place. So it's not like we have to come back and go, oh, Lord, I got to find a sin to confess. No, no, no. Relationships restored. We're living with him, and he just keeps giving it. And the thing about manna, so understand this. This is the walk with him. He made Israel every day depend on him and never let them store it up. He, he set it up so that they would need him all the time. You're about to eat another meal today. I'm sure you've already had one. You're going to have another one. I'm going to have another one, and then we're going to have another one after that. You think about the fact our entire lives are structured around meals, three of them every day, typically. How many meals do we have spiritually every day? Maybe a breakfast? I don't know, maybe a lunch, 
maybe a light snack and that's it? I mean, how much do we eat spiritually every day? I mean, we should be like hobbits. We should have a a first breakfast, a second breakfast, a mid-morning tea. I mean, they just have meals and they eat all the time. Spiritually speaking, I'm not saying that's your take home for the week or whatever, but we should be eating all the time. Like, oh, Lord, I got put a Thanksgiving feast here. I need some life. I want to be fat. Like, fill me up. So I can't move, right? And you have to undo the belt. Like, oh, this is so much. This is awesome. Like, that kind of eating, spiritually speaking, where we're so full. When's the last time you've been full? Because you've ate from the bread, right? You, you come with belief and go, oh, I need some of you. I need that bread. I need... Let's pray. Jesus, you, we believe you are the bread of life. Who else can we go to? There is no one else. You're the Holy One. Lord, even with Good Friday coming here, we just want to say it again. We believe believe your body we believe your blood body was broken for us your blood was poured out for us we believe you are the the bread that came from heaven would you fill us with life today i mean that was part of just what we wanted to do is worship you and linger and just fill us up lord some people need need some life this morning. Some people still need some life this morning. Give them what they need. Give each of us what we need. Lord, call us. Speak to us. Keep calling us to come and to, to eat of this bread, to, to believe and, and to coming to you every day, moment by moment. Just, Lord, put it on our hearts. Amen.